1: 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your
0: Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here today on the HHC. What a day it is. Hornets. After a five day layoff with no games and almost no basketball entirely, come up with a come from behind 102 to 100 win over the Golden State Warriors. It puts them a game out of five, being 500 and solidly in the playoffs, but more importantly, just a huge momentum boost for this team as they head into a crucial six game road trip to wrap up the first half of the season. So we're going to break down this win from all angles, talk about what it means heading into that road trip, and quite frankly, we're going to be honest about what this game was. It was ugly. The Hornets, a season-high 25 turnovers. So we'll dissect what went awry as well that forced the Hornets to need a clutch game winner from Terry Rozier. To help us do all of this, we've got our good friend Matt Carroll, Director of Player Programs from the Basketball Operations Department of the Charlotte Hornets, with us once again on the Hornets Hivecast. Matt, how you feeling? Do we need to get the uh, defibrillator out? You feeling okay? I'm
2: doing good. I think anytime after an exciting thriller like that, Sam, I'm always in a better mood. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm not going to fall asleep easy tonight.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty wired as well. Hornets winning 102 to 100 over the Golden State Warriors. For those who missed the game, let, let's just go through some of the chaos. Essentially, the first three quarters, this game was stuck in the mud. Hornets playing without Devontae Graham once again with the knee injury without one of the Martin brothers, although neither played, but one was out due to health and safety protocols. Neither ends up factoring into the game. Gordon Hayward looked like he hadn't played in over in a week. He got off to a slow start in this one. And the Golden State Warriors were playing without Steph Curry, who unfortunately wasn't feeling well after warmups and somewhat surprisingly didn't come off the bench After the starting lineups were announced, he went back to the locker room and didn't reappear. So this is two straight years we've unfortunately not been able to see one of Charlotte's all-time favorite sons play on his original home court. But hopefully uh, 2022, he'll be back out there again. Charlotte fans will be able to actually see him. But this one went down to the wire. The Hornets got a controversial timeout, I guess, if you're looking from Golden State's perspective. Draymond Green lost his mind on it. Got two technicals, which allowed the Hornets to tie up the game, and then Terry Rozier comes through with the heroics at the very end. A lot of big moments in this one, Matt. What stood out most to you?
2: As you mentioned, there were a ton of huge moments and turn of events, and you know everything going back from the technical. I think the technicals on Draymond Green were just building. You know, he was on top of the refs all game long. Actually, surprised he didn't get a technical earlier in the game, and then it just happened. It was the right moment, the right time. You know, there was even controversy about the jump ball. You know, who was going to jump? P.J.? Was it going to be LaMelo? Who was really tangled up? Who was in the jump ball? And I felt like the referees all had a different opinion on it. And to come up with it, Gordon doing a great job getting the timeout. It's just everything. I think all the events were as important as, as each one. But if I had to say, I'm going to go with Terry Rozier's game-winning shot that was just absolutely incredible As it went through the net, I think everybody was thinking, like, did that just happen? How did that just happen?
0: Who's the lucky person here? Gordon Hayward will inbound, gives to Rozier. 34 points today. He'll hold for the final shot. Clock down to four seconds. Rozier crosses over to his left. Around his screen. Fade away three at the buzzer. Got it! Got it! Terry Rozier beats the buzzer, and the Hornets have won on a walked-off three by Terry Rozier. Oh, you got to be kidding me. As it turns out, it was a two. I was a little screened off from the play. My apologies, but the excitement, uh, I think, was on point. That was a heck of a play there by Terry Rozier to seal the victory, and just his ability to stick with it. I mean, no one played well in this game in the first three quarters. Of his 36 points, he had 20 in the fourth quarter. So this wasn't as if Terry Rozier was hot all day and just stayed hot. He had a pretty frustrating game for the first three quarters as well, Matt.
2: He did, but you know what? He just keeps fighting. You know, He he doesn't give up, keeps attacking, keeps the pressure on the defense, and we've seen it time and time again throughout this season. When he gets rolling, Sam, he is something else. And Terry year, he can string together some points, some tough shots, some big threes, and he just got hot in that fourth quarter. And that, you know, there was moments early in the fourth quarter I think a lot of people were thinking, this game could be over. And he just kept pushing, kept attacking, and he brought the team back almost single-handedly.
0: We're going to have a lot of time to talk about what was maybe on the ugly side of this game. But let's stick with what looked good here for the Hornets. And I think just the effort throughout. You know, this game saw Charlotte turn the ball over a ton and saw the Warriors take 10 more shot attempts. And I think that's kind of a magic number. If you take 10 more shots than your opponent in the NBA— you're almost always going to win unless the reason you had so many shots is because you just kept hacking the other team and they took 30 more free throws than you did or something to that nature, which wasn't the case last night for Charlotte. But the Hornets able to overcome all of the turnovers. It turns out 24, they regraded one but 24 turnovers, a season high, their ability to just stick with the play. Even guys who didn't play well, Gordon Hayward didn't shoot the ball. Well, LaMelo ball shot the ball terribly. Most of the game didn't score until I think the fourth quarter, but able to keep his head in there and have seven assists and make plays and stay with it. I think this is a huge character win for the Hornets.
2: I do too, and it wasn't pretty, but anytime you have a game that is not going your way, defensively, I thought the Warriors were very good. They made things difficult. Obviously, they turned over the Hornets more than any other game. They made it tough to get to the rim, tough to make shots. Their defense is good. They're long, they're athletic at most positions, so it was hard to score them tonight, but the Hornets found a way and I think that says a lot especially with a young team, you know. You think of veteran teams that know they can get back in the games, but the Hornets are proving to themselves that listen, they can compete with any team in this league and even games when it's not going their way, they're finding ways to get back in the game and pull out a victory, which they did tonight.
0: And Golden State is a very crafty veteran team. I thought, you know, the foul disparity was pretty striking at one point against the Hornets. It felt like there were a couple of touch fouls, particularly against Terry, where it was it just didn't seem like a lot of contact. And I get, you know, letter of the law situations where the Hornets would get dinged with one. And then the Warriors would, you know, put their shoulder through someone and get the benefit of a blocking call. And it felt almost like, you know, a really good starting pitcher who's been around the league for a while and notices, hey, I I can get away with this corner here and keep stretching it and keep stretching it. And guys like Green and guys like... Pascal were, you know, dipping that shoulder a little bit more, getting a little bit more contact, being forceful, not necessarily playing dirty, I'm not saying that, but playing hard and taking advantage of the conditions on the ground, so to speak, to win those battles. And the Hornets easily could have just gotten frustrated, but they kept their cool.
2: Yeah, they really did. And there was a lot of moments. I mean, you're talking about a Warriors team that likes to talk. They like to talk trash. And we heard it all night long. And they feed off each other, you know, and Draymond Green is the leader. He's out there. He's rallying guys up, getting them talking, lots of energy. And, you know, they, you can tell they've won a lot of games in their careers, and these guys are, are champions. So they feel like they deserve calls. And at times during the game, you felt like they were getting calls. So, you know, it was an emotional game. It was a very physical game. But I'll tell you what, the Hornets did a great job just hanging in there, pushing through it, you know, I I was impressed the way they were able to fight through that.
0: Kelly Oubre twice blew a kiss to the bench. Uh, The Hornets, eventually, in the end, they don't do anything as in, like, turnabout is fair play. I didn't see any of those type of antics back towards Golden State, but there was an awful lot of excitement, especially after that game-winner from Terry Rozier. Let's get a perspective on it. P.J. Washington talked to me after the game on our flagship WFNZ and the Hornets Radio Network. Here's what he saw as he set the screen for Terry Rozier.
2: So it was a big shot by Terry. I came up with the set of screen. He uh, declined it uh, and got a great shot. So, I mean, he was hot the whole game. We just tried to get a ball in his hands and make him, make him make a play. So it was a great shot.
0: Matt, P.J.'s one of the guys I thought really had a strong game, and I honestly wasn't expecting one because he's someone over the course of the season who's needed a couple of games more often than not to rev his engines up. Start of the season, that was the case. When he had the foot injury, he only got two games back and never really got back into a rhythm, and then the health and safety protocol. So I wasn't expecting a ton. He goes for 15 points, five boards, six of eight from the field, three of five from three.
2: Yeah, P.J. played well. You know, I, I was really impressed. I mean, he was just solid. He just played. He didn't let anything get to him. Some tough covers he Had Draymond Green on him quite a bit. He was talking a lot of trash to him, but he was able to, you know, ignore it and just focus on his game and his play and he was productive tonight and he was a big part of it
0: it was ugly at times but it's a win for the hornets 102 to 100 the final score charlotte with the w climbing in the eastern conference standings once again they moved to 14 and 15 and now are in seventh place a half game up on the New York Knicks in the Eastern Conference standings. Next up, we're not going to gloss over all that went wrong for the Hornets, and there were certainly reasons for it to go wrong, but this team did commit 24 turnovers. They had a really tough time scoring the basketball. We'll break all that down with Matt Carroll in just a moment right here on the Hornets Hivecast.
1: Hornets fans, the buzz is building. For season ticket packages for the 2021-2022 season, call 704-HORNETS or visit hornets.com to chat live with a season ticket representative. Lock in your price today.
0: Matt Carroll, Director of Player Programs with the Basketball Operations Department of the Charlotte Hornets with us today here on the Hornets Hivecast. Matt, this was a 102-100 to win last night over the Golden State Warriors, but it certainly was not pretty. I think there is a lot of leeway that can and should be given to the Hornets, given they had a five-day layoff with almost no basketball, not no games, no basketball, period, because the health and safety protocols dictated they weren't going to practice either. So to basically get off your couch or get out of your, your home or apartment and go straight into a game against the Golden State Warriors, even as banged up as they were, I don't think you could have blamed the Hornets for not playing a prettier brand of basketball but that being said it was not the prettiest game of all time
2: it wasn't it almost feels like it was an all-star break you know but like you said you really weren't even allowed to play basketball guys were able to get into the gym do a little bit of shooting but light workouts no team contact so didn't really know what to expect i mean this doesn't happen really in any nba season in the past so hard to really judge or get a feel for how the team was going to come out and they definitely were a little bit sluggish. You know, they had their, their share of, of mishaps and turnovers and mistakes, but but they hung with it, and they were able to pull it out.
0: They get the benefit of not one but two buzzer beaters last night from Terry Rozier. He, he beat the halftime buzzer with a half-court heave that banked in, and then the game-winner down to the wire. The expression I used in the postgame show was it put some lipstick on the pig. I mean, the team committed 24 turnovers in this game, a season high. They only score 102 points even with two buzzer beaters. So, you know, honestly, in their normal flow of offense, they were somewhere in the 90s. That's the kind of scoring that more often than not results in a loss for not just the Hornets, but any NBA team in this modern era. But they come away with the victory the turnovers to you, are they alarming? Is it just rust and it's something that you would expect the Hornets to shake off in the next game or two? What do you attribute it to?
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, lip gloss, lipstick, chapstick, however you want to, you know, code it for this game. <laughs> they did cover up a lot and found a way. But I'll tell you what, the, the turnovers to me are not alarming. You know, it was just, I think, a product of being off for, for almost a whole week from playing games midseason. And uh, it just happened. You know, and, and like I said, you got to give some credit to the Golden State Warriors team defensively. They made it tough, and um, they're a good defensive team. So, you know, take your hat off to them when credit's due. And uh, that's the way the game played out. But to go back to Terry Rozier, you mentioned he had a game buzzer beater at halftime, hit the two free throws to tie the game, and then the game winner. So <laughs> let's say that Terry Rozier did it all.
0: He did just about. Here's what James Borrego, head coach of the Hornets, had to say after the game about uh, making the most out of a less-than-stylistic performance.
1: Yeah, big win for us, huge win for us. Found a way. It's not how we drew it up. I've never seen a game like that in that way, in that type of fashion. I'm not sure we'll ever see that again. But I give credit to our guys, give credit to Terry Rozier. He just willed us to another victory he was fantastic but everybody pitched in that's not the game we envisioned today but in this league you got to find ways to win and we found one way to win
0: he mentioned uh, never seeing a game really end that way and i believe he's referencing you know the chaos with the jump balls and the controversy and the two technicals i think Draymond Green is one of the most energetic maybe or inspired players or you know emotionally involved players of all time, and that that's a compliment because no one plays harder than he does or wants it more. But he has had a couple of moments in his career, and he's just cost his team a game because he let his emotions get the better of himself. The biggest example was in the NBA Finals a few years ago when he got a technical that allowed him to miss a game, which gave Cleveland the momentum, and LeBron James won a championship for the city of Cleveland. But a lot of people think that might not have happened if Draymond Green had not forced himself out of the next game due to technicals. And here in this one, his team's up two. I understand why he's upset about the call. I don't know if he's right or wrong at this stage. I, I think JB you know, called the timeout. I think he was awarded it appropriately. But there's no excuse for picking up two technicals. One, maybe, I I suppose you could understand, but two?
2: Well, Coach JB came up to me after the game, and he said to me, he said, hey, Matty, he said, listen, he goes, you're not going to – he said, 20 years from now, you're going to come up to me and say, I still have not seen a finish in a game like we just witnessed tonight. And he might be right. You talk about all the things that had to happen for it to play out for the Hornets to pull that victory out. And, you know, Draymond Green, listen, he is a passionate player, Like you said, he's high energy. He leaves it all on his sleeve, on the floor. And I think it helps that team. I mean, he feels confidence for other guys on the team. But this is a night where it got them in trouble, you know. And I felt like he was talking way too much. I mean, he was on the refs all game long, talking trash to the Hornets players. And I think eventually it was one of those things that might have just been building. And it caught up to him in the wrong moment. And to get one, you should learn after you get one. You know, keep your mouth shut. You know, I don't know why he kept talking. And he got a second one, and I can imagine what Steve Kerr thinking right now after that loss. And this is what happens when you keep going like that. But the turn of events was just incredible how it all played out for the Hornets.
0: And the Hornets able to take advantage of it, register their 14th win of the season. It's a monumental victory. You played in the league for a long time. You know you don't always have your best efforts, and more often than not those down games result in losses – But I think great teams, and really just to put the bar at the appropriate level, playoff teams find ways to win enough of those games to put themselves over the hump. I don't know if this is going to be the one game that's the difference between making the playoffs or not, but it certainly feels like it means more than just one win, one game in the standings right now.
2: Yeah, it really does. And I think... For the Hornets to win this game before you start such a grueling West Coast trip, that's huge. You know, and and this could be a game maybe you look back when you get to late in the season and say, hey, we're one game out of a certain place or spot. And this could be a game where maybe you shouldn't have won the game, but somehow the turn of events happened and, and the Hornets did. This could be a difference maker.
0: We're going to talk about the upcoming road trip in just a moment. Much more to come here on this edition, a winning edition after a 102-100 victory over the Warriors by the Hornets here on the Hornets Hivecast.
1: Hornets fans, be sure to download the Hornets app on your mobile device. The Hornets app is your access to all new features and exclusive content, including the new game day experience for every game this season. Well, the jump ball happened, and then next you know we just walking over to our bitch, and you know you're, you're two guys going back and forth, and then they call it technical. We trying to hurry up and draw up a play because we know we're about to get two technical shots, and I know I'm shooting them, but I don't have I don't have a chance to get to look at the play, so I hurry up and shoot the uh, two technical free throws, and then coach try to run over there at half and tell me basically like he's gonna give you the ball, you are gonna isolate top, and I thought I was gonna be I thought I was four flat, but then PJ came and set it late, uh, late, and I kind of lost the ball, but. I feel real confident in my shot all fourth quarter, and, you know, it's just like
0: shooting the ball in the nose. Terry Rozier talking about that fourth quarter, that finish, and that victory for Charlotte, 102-100 over the Golden State Warriors. Sam Farber alongside Matt Carroll, Director of Player Programs in the Basketball Operations Department for the Charlotte Hornets here with us today on the Hornets Hivecast. And it is the finale of a uh, truncated homestand. It was supposed to be kind of a long home stretch, but with the health and safety protocols, things really became disjointed there. And now the Hornets take this win and hopefully some momentum into a long six-game road trip, which starts tomorrow against the Utah Jazz. Matt, what does this win mean momentum-wise for the Hornets as they hit the road for the remainder of the first half?
2: It's a huge win. I mean, anytime you're about to embark on a West Coast road trip, It's grueling. It's tough. And leading into the All-Star break, you have that on your mind. So to get a big win against the Golden State Warriors heading into that trip, it takes some pressure off you, but it fuels confidence. You know, you beat a West Coast team going into a West Coast trip. It means a lot. And I think these guys will take a little pressure off of going into this trip. It almost feels like you started the trip with a win, even though it was at home.
0: Golden State, as you mentioned, one of the Western Conference teams, and the Hornets, the rest of the way, are only playing Western Conference teams. As this road trip has Utah, Phoenix, Golden State, Sacramento, Portland, and Minnesota on it, their combined records are 95 and 80. And if you subtract Minnesota from that, the last place team in the Western Conference, they're 88 and 57. So this is a very difficult road trip. Going into it, what is the number of wins you expect? And the number of wins you would really require the Hornets to pick up to keep their standing in the Eastern Conference in terms of being a playoff team.
2: It's a tough trip. I mean, I think if they can if they can float around five hundred, that would be huge. That would be huge. And and maybe I'm not giving you too many details, but I think if you can win one, lose one, and just finish around five hundred on a West Coast trip, anytime you can do that, that's a successful trip.
0: Of those teams I mentioned they're playing, Utah, Phoenix, Golden State, Sacramento, Portland, and Minnesota what are the three that you'd say these are the wins, or does it really matter at this stage? Because, I mean, a team like Utah, I think, is an outlier. They're playing so well, you know, they might beat an all-star team right now as as good as they're playing. But everyone else, I don't get the impression that the Hornets really care too much or are affected too much by who they play, where they play them. I think this team just goes out, they roll the ball out, and they and they give it their best effort, and... You know, winning and losing has less to do with the opponent and the location and more to do with just, are they hitting shots? Is their offense in a flow that night?
2: Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I mean, I guess the two that stick out to me would probably be Sacramento and Minnesota, you know, games that I think that they can win. But they're all going to be tough, you know. I think seeing Golden State again, I mean, hey, they've, they've beaten them. So maybe they're coming in with a lot of confidence. But, you know, Golden State is going to want some payback or advantage after this one. But those are the two I think that I would probably earmark to try to go for those.
0: Especially considering uh, Portland, Phoenix, and Utah; those three in their last ten games combined have a record of twenty-five and five. So they're playing pretty well.
2: I'd say very well. And um, you know, but anytime you go on the West Coast, this season even goes back to the years when I was playing. You know, it's going to be a tough trip. You know, you're on the West Coast. West Coast. West Coast got very good teams, and, and teams that they're playing on this trip are all playing good basketball.
0: At the start of the season, you know, a lot of experts just around the league and trying to pick win totals for this 72 game season, most of them had the Hornets around 24 wins. That's winning, you know, one out of every three. To have this team be a game under 500 right now, do you think expectations have changed or do you think that locker room never paid any mind to what the experts said and always felt like they were a 500 caliber or better or? more importantly, a playoff team?
2: I think deep down this team went in the season. Coach Brago set the standard high and said, listen, we're a playoff team. You know, we want to be above 500. And I think they believe it. I think they're starting to realize it from experience and through the results that, hey, we can do it. You know, we're good enough to make that happen and be that kind of a level team. So, no, I think it's grown over time. But I think they went in the season believing it because of the coach's standards. And now I think they're seeing the results and believe it.
0: Charlotte, earlier in the season, had an extended break due to a postponement due to COVID. And they came out really flat against Chicago. The next game, they bounced back with a win over Orlando, but weren't really able to sustain it. Long story short, they lost three out of four after that delay. Do you think with this win over Golden State, as ugly as it might have been at times, getting the win... Do you think that will help them avoid having a similar downturn, even considering the caliber of the opponents they've got coming up, Utah, Phoenix, and Golden State the next three over the course of this week?
2: I think it could. I think it's important. I think a win like this can can change things, you know, because anytime you go into a long West Coast trip with a loss or a tough loss at home, you know, sometimes it, it can snowball. But I think going in with confidence, with taking some pressure off you going into playing these very good West Coast teams. It's a momentum builder, and that's how I would look at this win.
0: Now, full disclosure for all you fans out there, we tend to record the podcast after games, so we tend to record... Fairly late in the evening and then post them very early in the morning for all of you to enjoy. So this podcast being posted today, Sunday, was actually recorded late Saturday night. West Coast Swing coming up, Matt. I'm just going over my schedule here. How many games can I put you down for? Uh, We've got, it looks like, two 9 p.m. tips, two 10 p.m. tips, a 10.30 tip. That might be a good one for you. And then an 8 p.m. tip. How many do you want to do?
2: You know, I would say scratch me in a 10.30 and we can negotiate anything before 10.30. How's that?
0: Different? All right. We'll try and lean you towards the 8 p.m. And who should I volunteer from you to do the 10 and 10.30s? Who are you looking at?
2: Oh, that's a tough one. What do you think? There's
0: a lot of good odds. we got Rob Longo, the producer here. Sam Perley can do some. Matt Rachinsky. he's only got, you know, four kids in the house. So, you know, he might not mind staying <laughs> up late. You know, But I'll leave it up to you. You know these people a lot better than I do. So who do you think should stay up super late?
2: I think Sam. Sam, yeah, he's a basketball junkie. You know, he doesn't have the family holding him back at home. Let's go with Sam.
0: Sam Pearlie, got it. So we'll put him down. There's three back-to-backs, 10-10 and 10-30. So I think those look good for him. We'll put him down for all of those. Matt Carroll, really appreciate you staying up late with us. This was a fun win for the Hornets and hopefully a one- that we look back on at the end of the season and say, hey, that's one of the ones that made the difference between being a playoff team and maybe having another year of a layoff from that charted goal. Sounds good. Thanks to Matt Carroll for joining us here today on the Hornets Hivecast, and thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. For everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us. Join us tomorrow when we'll preview the Utah Jazz game. Till then, in the words of LaMelo Ball, Thank you. Have a good day. Wear your mask.
1: Thanks for listening to the Hornets Hivecast. For more coverage, visit
2: Hornets.com.